I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lisbon, in Portugal indeed, it has, I believe, that 10 unicorns. We had this massive inflow in the last years of people coming here. And I believe that kind of created a snowball of innovation. It's a leap of faith to become an entrepreneur. Uh, it was a very big decision when we decided, let's stop our corporate jobs to, to create this idea that I believe that has a lot of values inspired on traditional banking, lending uh, against stocks. When we realized that it would make perfect sense to, to build this technological financial solution for a new type of asset that is being underserved. I've worked in consumer lending for 20 years, spread across three continents, but kept quite closely to the unsecured space. And where I've strayed into secured lending, it has been into the traditional segments of that, where the collateral is a house or a car. But that doesn't have to be the case. In episode 65 of this show, I spoke to full blows of Bybricks, who are collateralizing mortgages with cryptocurrency. Hold on to that for a minute. And now cast your mind even further back in time to episode 31, where I spoke to James Constantinou of Prestige Pawnbrokers. They back loans with hard-to-value and unique assets like art. Now combine those together. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. Nunkotsau, everybody has heard the term and probably has a reasonable idea of what it means. But in reality, what is an NFT? So NFT, it's the new bad words that fits everything in the same basket. In reality, the digital objects that are registered into the blockchain on an immutable way that you can easily transact to other peers and that has specific unique properties. And NFTs can range from collectibles, so image, and that's kind of the use case that pops in everybody's mind. But then it can open the door for innovation for completely other examples. We have financial NFTs positions in the blockchain that uh, represent financial positions like property rights. We can have something in real life. We can create a tokenization of, of that right embedded into, into the blockchain and basically create a, a resistor or a patent. And then we can have a very big range of applications. You can have, for example, a ticket for a, an event, for a soccer game can be uh, NFT. So we have a digital object that represents the ticket that is assigned to someone or to some position. And then I can easily trade it in the market in the future. And the future is, is very big for, for this new type of digital assets. NFTs have been around for a while. They started, as we know them in the public blockchain, they started with a 
RC721, but in the digital corporate world, we since blockchain emerged, the concept of digital objects with specific properties, they lacked a very good semantics or a very good word. Everyone just grabbed the idea just by, oh, it's an NFT. Now it's easy. Everything that's a digital object that's on the blockchain that's not a cryptocurrency, it's NFT. Yeah, and uh, I asked you about NFTs because you are the co-founder and CEO of Zata, a startup that allows NFT owners to access loans instantly without having to liquidate those digital assets. That's a very modern take on secured lending that I wouldn't necessarily expect to be coming from a traditional banker. So what is your background? Uh, I'm a mechanical engineer. We are three founders on Zarta. We are all engineers and we have different paths or different routes. Uh, I've become a consultant, worked on functional strategy consulting, uh, then worked uh, with machine learning for fraud detection in the banking industry, worked around gamification. And around 2016, I got engaged with the blockchain. I love the concept. I started going into the rabbit hole, building corporate products using blockchain doing multiple proof-of-concepts around loyalty, around tokenization and factoring. So very interesting and cool stuff around the years. And then uh, I was uh, talking with our, my co-founders and we realized that there was an opportunity here to pick up the NFT space that was building and creating intrinsic value assets, assets that were being valued by the communities. And we realized that the financial ecosystem for these new digital assets was to the greenfield in reality. It was ready for disruption. It was ready to, so that we could build products to fulfill the needs of those assets and the users that own those assets. And so we, we came up with the idea um, to build a solution to create liquidity models by providing loans uh, using the NFTs as collaterals. I worked a lot on blockchain. Diogo also led the blockchain department. It's uh, an application startup that competes with Google Play and stuff like that. And, and, and Diogo also, after that, led the blockchain division of Mercedes-Benz IO. And, and so we, both of us, we have strong, deep expertise in, in the blockchain space. Pedro worked as a senior project manager on Bosch and also on Avion. So very strong on infrastructure. And so the three of us, we have this strong traditional backgrounds and we came to this entrepreneurship path because we realized that we could build something more connected to whom we, we were. It was inspired on traditional banking. Traditional banking does lots of lending against stocks when it's typically a good product when you have a, a good portfolio or when, when you are more connected with the, the, the bank. And we realized that would make perfect sense to, to build this for, for this new digital asset. And so we engaged uh, on this idea. We started bootstrapping the concept, ideating, talking with some users, and things just popped out of this work. We, we started getting some traction, and, and now we are already live with our solution. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. So you know, six years in the blockchain, you were obviously in the forefront of digital asset space. You kind of knew that really well. But then you moved into entrepreneurship to actually build Zata. What has that been like, that last sort of year and a half, actually trying to get the business off the ground? What have you learned? What have you experienced? It's a very big 
difference. It's a leap of faith to become inter- an entrepreneur. Uh, it was a very big decision when we decided, okay, let's stop our corporate jobs. And tell to my mom, hey mom, I'm stopping a very stable job to, to create this idea that I believe that has lots of values that can be built for the future. And so the challenge became completely different. You start working the tree on the room, then everything step, starts to happen. So you have the different pillars that have to exist on a, on, a, on, a, on a company, on a startup. You have HR, you have accounting, you have finance. At the same time, you are trying to deliver product that you don't know if, if it makes sense because you are trying to get product market fit. At the same time, you start looking for fundraising because you, unless you nail the first the, the first nail correctly you are able to bootstrap only for a while so everything you start to, to work kind of on a, on a circus everything is running at the same time and you have to ensure that you identify exactly what you are going to place your focus because you have very limited resources you have to to be completely abstracted from everything that is not critical and so the first barrier as a first-time founder was the courage of telling our idea to everyone. And that's typically the number one mistake on founders that we have done it also that you have an idea, you have a product that you want to launch, and then you just, I'm not going to tell to someone because maybe they can steal my idea. And then after one one year of, of, of being building Zarta, we realized that ideas are easy and delivery is the harder part. And so that path where you start telling everyone and getting feedback, good and bad, and you realize what you have to improve, what you have to, to change, what you have to do well because you are already performing well. And so it has been a very big challenge with lots of ups and downs, but a marvelous journey. I wouldn't trade it for nothing in reality. I, I, I'm always saying to everyone that I know that starts saying, oh, I, have, I would love to build a startup. I say, go, start. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful. You are going to, to learn so much. It's very hard to get the same experience and the same multitude of opportunities and challenge in the corporate world. And uh, adding a four-month-old baby into the mix just to, <laughs> to keep it exciting. The three of us, we have babies uh, during the, the the kickoff of Zarta. So it, it has been very, very complex to, to have the experience of being a founder and first-time founders, of course. And then also the experience of being me and your first-time parent. It was like a very big cocktail of emotion that we have been shaking around. Yeah, and you're, um, you're doing that building of Zarta out of Lisbon, Portugal. Now, that's your home, so obviously it's practical in that sense. But you're not the only startup out of Portugal these days. In fact, there seems to be a growing hub of, of fintech and general tech startups. Why do you think so many founders today are choosing to build their businesses out of Lisbon or out of Portugal? So Lisbon and Portugal indeed, it has, I believe, that 10 unicorns created by Portuguese people and just to, to give a ballpark. But we are 10 million. So in reality, we have one of the highest unicorn per capita of Europe. I believe that the last 10 years, there was a very big inbound of talent. So with the, the cost of life, how safe is the country, cultural fit, whether the majority of parties speak English. At least in the main cities, in Lisbon or Porto, if you shake all, all, all of these pillars, Portugal becomes a very interesting hub. Uh, for, for digital nomads to come here. I believe that there are also some financial 
tax advantage. You have very low taxes on capital gains on crypto. So we had this massive inflow in the last years of people coming here to work as a digital nomad in building product, creating talent. They start saying to other people that this was a, a nice environment to build. And I believe that kind of created a snowball of innovation. So in the past, my, my wife was always bugging me. Oh, let's go to another country. I have to, I want to have more international experience. In the past, for sure, we should move around from Lisbon. Now it's, it's the place to be. Like everyone from blockchain and web trees coming here. It has the right condition. So let's stay here and, and build. I mean, I've only been briefly as a tourist and uh, the, the weather, the food, the drinks, the, the beaches, the, the towns, it's got everything. So even if you're just considering it, I suggest go and visit. Don't forget that it's very different to be a tourist and to be a local, okay? They, they like the, <laughs> yeah. uh, all these problems and bureaucracy and things sometimes don't move so fast as other countries. So some, some caveats if we want, but it's a very good country to, to be, I would say. Yeah, well, let's, let's leave that there and loop back to, to where we started with NFT-backed loans. In practical terms, what is it that Sartre is doing? In a nutshell, we build a solution that is fully non-custodial. We build a solution that works on top of smart contracts. The users that have NFTs deposit the assets on the smart contracts and they are entitled to receive an amount of a loan based on, on the value that is being deposited. We help to calibrate the system by working with appraisal systems that we built, appraisal systems from other parties, so that we can have a good view of the ecosystem as a whole. And there are set of conditions with the users that's requesting the loans beforehand, so they know that they are going to a fair loan that is completely transparent. They know if they do the payment of the amount that is due, they will receive always the asset, the underlying asset. So all of these rules are coded inside of the smart contract and create a very lean operation. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. To provide the loans, we use a set of lenders. The lenders deposit funds beforehand, and then those are the funds that will empower the loans and make the system to work. I like to call it the asynchronous marketplace, because it's not a marketplace per se. It's not a peer-to-peer directly where someone's going there and requests a loan, and someone goes there to underwrite and provide a loan. We help to create a more scalable solution in this way. It's a bit like maybe lending against art, where if I have an NFT, I bring it to you, you will evaluate it using your models and tell me it's worth X amount of Ethereum. 
And then that's what I use as security for a loan. And I'm borrowing that in cryptocurrency as well. Is is that correct? Exactly. So it's full based on non-custodial, full based on crypto. You bring a piece of art, you bring an NFT. There is an evaluation, there is an underwriting, a set of rules, a duration for the loan. So I don't know how familiar you are with Aave or Compound or solutions that are more DeFi. If for some reason the collateral, the asset loses the value overnight, the borrower gets liquidated. Here we have a more human-centric approach. We provide a loan with a due date, a duration, so that the users can pick up the loan to perform the actions that they want to do with the money. There is always a target in mind. They do the operations, they repay the amount that is due, and and the system works very easily on, on this line. The cool part is that everything is on top of smart contracts. So Zarta, we are never the owners of the loans per se or the assets. You said an asynchronous marketplace. So then if I was on the other side of that, if I wanted to lend some money, then do I see you know the menu of, of valued NFTs and then I choose which one I'm, I'm willing to, to back with a loan? No, it's more on a yield farming experience. So you have a set of funds. You have a a lending pool that's performing different loans to different assets. And so you have like exposure to different collections, to all the the borrowing that generated in the other side. Of course, past results never justify the future, but give you a ballpark. What's the expectation for each lending pool? And then you deposit your funds. Then you come back when you feel that the moment is right. And you are able to withdraw the funds with the premium that you received and the interest rates that you received based on the time that your capital was working. Yeah, and I guess that takes out some of that volatility that from the the borrower's point of view, they don't have constant margin calls to say the price has gone up, the price has gone down. So they've got that stability. And likewise, from a lending point of view, you're pooling the assets. So if one particular NFT loses its value, you're protected because you're exposed to to multiple. And even when they lose the value, there is something critical. There is always the recovery of part of the of the loss. And I think it would be worth exploring as well. Let's say I've put down an NFT of mine and I've borrowed one Ethereum and my NFT loses its value. I assume I'm still bound by that smart contract. So I'm still paying back the loan anyway. The The collateral is there to encourage me to pay as a backstop if if I default, but it doesn't affect the validity of, of the contract. I'm still paying back that loan. So as a lender, of course, I feel a little bit more nervous if the NFTs disappeared in value, but I'm still owed that money, right? I still have the loan income coming in. So often in this space, it's that volatility that's the problem and the ups and the downs that make people nervous. Whereas here, there's a there's still the actual loan in the traditional sort of unsecured space. So it is perhaps more secure and more stable than, I guess, at first thought, if you think about oh, lending against NFTs. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to, to start bringing you in, Brandon, so that you can pitch for us, because that was the, the best summary <laughs> of, of our solution in real. <laughs> that's, that's basically what happens, is that you, you are able to, to tackle the volatility by the performance and the exposure to several agents. And then when people are on bear market, typically they need more efficiency of um, operations. So they use these kind of solutions more. When we are on bull market, they have higher assets with better values. And so they also use these platforms because they want to, to create opportunities. So it's a, it's a very neutral, neutral solution. 
Yeah, and as you say, that that NFT umbrella covers a lot of things, including tickets for for big events. I've just been buying uh, tickets for the Rugby World Cup next year, and it's a it's an absolute nightmare. I, I bought I bought tickets for the Rugby World Cup for next year already. Maybe we'll see each other. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know those the old style of tickets they just don't work anymore, do they? So yeah, I can definitely see that there's a lot of space in the future, and it's quite interesting. I spoke to a pawnbroker, and they lend against art against luxury cars against jewelry and they've got to work through this process of valuing all of these assets each one's individual but it's something somebody's holding and they want to keep but they also want to use it to to access loans it's the oldest type of lending brought now into this very digital asset space where where people can turn their their digital assets into loans in 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 cryptocurrencies are the front edge of uh, thousands of years of tradition which is always fun to see it so Noon, the, if, if I as a traditional banker think about the space, you know, it's got lots of things I don't understand. I've got to employ all sorts of people I don't know because it sounds very different to what I'm doing. And then I might think, well, but how big is the, the upside? How big is the industry? So as an investment banking, we are not on that level yet. I saw a presentation on, on SmartCon. It was one quadrillion dollar in obligations and stuff like that. I don't know how many zeros there there are in one quadrillion. But regarding the numbers of on the ballpark of this space, just to give an idea. So and this in US dollars, the NFT space as a class of of assets, it's more or less valued between twenty to twenty-five, thirty billion dollars, somewhere around that niche. The industry of DeFi goes a little bit higher, between seventy to one hundred billion dollars. The crypto space has $1 trillion in cryptocurrency overall. So these are more or less the ballpark numbers of, of the space. Regarding NFT lending from the top players, the top players are having on locked value per month around 70 to $80 million, which is considerable, uh, starting that this, all this market kind of kicked off one year ago. So um, and the growth for the space is... 30 to 40 percent monthly so it's a very nice opportunity gp morgan predicted one trillion dollars for the metaverse only on the end of um, of of these decades citibank just released a paper i believe today or yesterday where they predicted the metaverse as assets and all the complementary products around it between 8 13 trillion dollars the banking industry is going to play a, a role and a part on this okay Everyone's going to have a, a piece of the of the pie, but the processes with DeFi tools are going to become very lean, and so even banking and corporate side will have to reinvent themselves if they want to tap into this. The corporate machines that they that they hold in the institution itself become very heavy, and so when you are competing with solutions that can be fully automated end to end, it creates disruption that they will have to accommodate. It's it's the space to be. Kids nowadays. Uh, the youngest generations are going to value the digital assets the same way that oldest generations value tangible physical objects. So it can't be ignored because it's going to be it's going to be a new, a complete new disruption. Where, where are you in in the process? You said you you've been testing. You sort of only weeks away from launching. What is Zarta up to at the moment, and kind of what's on your horizon for the next few months? So we went through two phases of testing. We deployed our prototype, created the first initial solution, and we got feedback like, it makes sense, does it work? What's your opinion? What can we improve? What doesn't make sense? 
and we got into a second prototype, way more robust. We got a second phase of testing. With that testing, we went into testnet solution. This is typically the Web3 journey, okay? When you are not forking or creating contracts that are already existed, you typically go through this process of doing some local testing, doing testnet testing that is testing with blockchains that that don't have a monetary value and where people can play around and test the solution to, to extreme. And then you go to mainnet. And now we are on that phase where we started onboarding the first users. So we are on soft rollout. We got initial users that wanted to test the solution, that wanted to be in the forefront, people that love to test these new solutions. We onboard them. They have already performed some launch with success. So now we are going to launch the solution. Things are moving really quick. And our goal now is to ensure that we start to customize the features so that it makes the perfect sense for the users. I'm a user, a, a real user, because I, I started all this journey because I had NFTs that I wanted to unlock value to, to, to use. You were saying NFTs. We, we can kind of restart again on the beginning. We are on the tip of the iceberg. We, we have no idea where this is going to end. There are more financial NFTs, swap positions where you have a financial position inside of a blockchain and on a DeFi solution. And that's already an NFT. We can start creating composable products, metaverse opportunity. It's endless, the, the, the level of opportunities here. It's going to be needed to be fueled and credit. It, it makes perfect sense to deploy. There are other companies exploring complementary products to ours, working around insurance, working around loan resales. So... Lots of different companies are, are trying to tap into this market and to understand what they can build that can be in the future one of the one of the pillars for the ecosystem. Yeah, and it, I mean, as you said, anything could happen from here. So falling back to Portugal's uh, history as great explorers, uh, exploring new 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 crypto lands now instead of instead of the world. Now um, you were in New York at SmartCon. Are you on the road talking anymore or? Where can people go to see what you're doing and to maybe try and wrap their heads around some of these uh, new applications they haven't explored? We, we as Arte, we are going to be speakers in the Web Summit. Uh, Web Summit is one of the major events here in Lisbon. This year, they have a very strong crypto track and Web3 track. So it's going to be super interesting. And we are there to, to showcase a little bit of our solution, to give a grip on the NFT landscape. It's something that's very appealing for people from the tech world to understand. We are going to Bogota next week because it's going to be the DEFCON. The major trends on the Web3 ecosystem are typically announced on, on this kind of conferences. Typically, there is a, a very long tail into the mass market. And so when we are building solutions for niche, we have to know exactly what other solutions are being built. And so we have been around uh, doing and identifying what are going to be the next trends, what are the partnerships that we should mobilize to, to bring more value to the clients. Yeah, and if people are just wanting to sort of go to the website, have a look maybe at the assets there and, and the loan structures, where, where can they go to, to do that sort of exploration? Very easy. Just go to zarta.io and all that can be the baseline to explore the solution. Now, during this phase of, of um, soft rollout, we are still doing some 
integration and onboarding of the users case case by case so that we can deploy the solution on a, on a on a very controlled way that makes sense but then we are going to open to everybody in the in the next in the next month you just need a wallet that's all you need to to use our solution regarding documentation we have already deployed some documentation and we are working a lot in our uh, on that probably when this goes to to the air it's going to be the the documentation is already live but zarta.io is the the place to start yeah and i'll i'll, I'll put that in in the show notes and it's zarta.io um but yeah i'll put the links down there and and the links to everything else yeah, thank you so much for your time. I think it's really interesting to see where unique small asset-backed loans have come to from from the days of putting your prized family heirloom up for for some money at the pawn shop or things like that, all the way through now to yeah, smart contracts and uh, digital assets and crypto-based uh, loans. So for me, exciting to see which direction we go from here, as you said, tip of the iceberg stuff. I think that's the key is to, to bring the the approaches that are here for Mylenia, but in reality, cross them also with the new technology. We don't have to have centralized banks performing all these kind of operations or pawn shops as we have in the past. We can have this retail approach. It's, it's going to be a, a very interesting exploration that we are doing and other companies are going to explore the, the market also and bring completely marvelous solutions. So we are super excited in reality. On top of the innovation dream, on top of building the next frontier for finance, it also has this deep meaning of helping people that work with different rules that typically don't have access to banking. If we look into the most Western countries, this now is a, a niche product for very specific purpose. But in the future, we'll have people on countries where this kind of solutions help them maybe to fulfill dreams that they have. It's, it's can can be life-changing it's, it's something very fulfilling in reality i think even people with no interest in getting directly involved in the space would benefit greatly by having a look and thinking a bit about which direction is going and what this could mean in the future just in terms of the you know the, the setup and the flow and the customer experience so i recommend everyone go and click that link and uh, and go and have a look at sata.io see what you're doing there. And yeah, by the time this comes out, either it'll be right at the end of the testing stage or maybe even live. So yeah, thank you very much for your time and good luck for uh, the rest of the growth. Thanks so much, Brendan. It was a pleasure to be here. And thank you all for listening. Please do look for and follow the show on your favorite podcast platform and share the updates widely on LinkedIn. Plus, send me a connection request while you're there. This show is written and recorded by myself, Brendan LaGrange in Brighton, England. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find show notes and written transcripts at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show or just www.htlmts.show, and I'll see you again in next Thursday. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.